Okay, welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's Kuden Radio. Hey, Dashian Miller here from Warrior Concepts. I got James in the wings. So, uh, ready to kick off episode 184. So, if you made it, fantastic. If you haven't made it yet, well, I'm not talking to you. So, <laughs> ah, that'll be funny. Somebody signing in just before I said I'm not talking to you. Anyway, all right. So, uh, I, I thought it'd be important to make light uh, at the beginning of this one since uh this one might turn out to be a little bit heavy-handed but i'm going to try to keep this one um i don't know fairly short because uh, people don't need to fall asleep to my voice every week but anyway right so uh let me kick this off yes pun intended let me kick this off with a quote from one of the japanese uh master teachers that i've been training with for a long time um shirei sensei and for those of you who know him, um, know that like he he hangs on every one of Hatsumi Sensei's words. Um, and uh, he he's like the epitome, walking, talking epitome of what a ninja um, is or should be. And what I mean by that is nobody takes him seriously. Right. He's very unassuming. Right almost has this uh, caricature, right, uh, face of what a lot of Westerners believe, like the Japanese uh, look like when they smile and those kind of things, right? But um, it's very unassuming, right? So uh, be careful those who uh, don't look like much, right? So anyway, uh, he has this, uh, this saying, every time we're working on a technique, and it has to do with timing right since that's a major theme for uh, this episode uh he says best action do best situation make what the hell does that have to do with timing well we'll talk about that and more when we get back the big question is this how are self-defense and success-minded people like us concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves our loved ones and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world how do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio, real training for real people in a real world. Okay, so uh, let's fire up James, I think. He'll probably take over the screen for a minute because that's the only way. Hey, well, I didn't do it that time. Anyway, all right, so let me start this off. Um, of course, we'll say hello to everybody that's on live, and I'll get to you guys in just a minute. Um, and I really, really do appreciate uh, those of you who schedule time in your busy schedule or out of your busy schedule um, to join us live as we do this every week, right? Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern for those of you catching a recording later on. Uh, now, that's not to say that I don't uh, I don't appreciate everybody that's listening in on any one right of the that I don't know it's, it's thousands, but I know it's hundreds. We have, there's a couple hundred uh, podcast directories that we're on. Uh, some of the big ones, Pandora and uh, Spotify. Spotify took us quite a while uh, to get on. Right, they've, they've got stringent. Um, Things and we weren't even sure what for a while how the hell we didn't meet their requirements, but they're very very picky, right? So that was cool when we made that 
uh, but like I said, Pandora and of course, Apple Podcasts and Google Play and a bunch of those places. Um, so, and we're looking forward to hopefully, uh, what is it, James? Um, early to mid of next year. Um, is that, is that the time frame for Sirius Radio? Not that we're going to have our own channel or anything like that, but, um, they're moving into the podcast world as well. So, um, are, and somehow Pandora's tied in with them, aren't they? Like, is Pandora owned by them now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, that'll be cool, right? Uh, kind of like the old visa commercials everywhere you want to be. No, I don't know if that's true or not, but anyway. So, uh, <laughs> that's funny. So who do we have on live with us, uh, at the moment? Um, let me check on the, my end chat on my side is just spinning at the moment. Oh no. All right. Well, as long as it doesn't show up on the screen, uh, let me see what I have on my side. Dave Fletch is on. He says, happy Monday. Uh, let's see how I see, but I thought I saw over on Facebook, maybe. I thought I saw Victor. Maybe. Mm. Well, maybe you just liked it. I don't know. All right. And, of course, you know, I'm, uh, we're, we're live on in, well, four different places simultaneously. We're using a, a service. That allows us to, uh, to restream and broadcast across multiple, uh, platforms. So, um, we're on YouTube. We're on two of our Facebook pages. Um, one is the Kuden podcast page, obviously, right? But we're also on my personal page. Uh, for whatever reason, when I first started up, it automatically defaulted there as well. And, uh, when I tried taking that out of the mix, I found out that we lost like two thirds of our viewership on Facebook, which means that lots of people are watching it on my personal page. So we'll leave it. Right. And then, uh, Twitter, right. We're over on Twitter. Well, I guess it's X now, right. It used to be Twitter. So, um, anyway, cool. Um, anyway, that, that's the only ones I see. So you're still having a problem over on your side, James, with the chat not showing up. You're muted. <laughs> yes, but it, it also gave me issues just logging in. So, no, oh, well, hopefully we're, you're not me as well. Um, every once in a while, it defaults out and uh, logs us in as the same person, which is really weird. But anyway, all right. So, uh, I've got people still trickling in on the um, on the live side as we're doing this. So, anyway, um, I know there's there was kind of a, a know a twist in the in the way i had to put the the titles up to make sure that uh, all the text fit and whatnot so in certain areas i was able to use the title that i put on the uh promotional slide right responsibility and the cost of inaction but uh in places like uh linkedin i think i'm, I'm i think we're turned on to linkedin this time as well um Warriorship and responsibility is uh, is the title that popped up. So we are going to talk about uh, responsibility from the warrior side. Uh, I don't know, several, multiple, several <laughs> episodes ago, uh, I shared a story and a lesson from uh, Hazumi Sensei about respect and warrior respect. So we're going to take a look at the same thing. 
um, when it comes to responsibility. We have to understand that uh, that the warrior's realm, while it includes the conventional realm that everybody else gets, we got to be careful that we don't make assumptions. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I just reread uh, another lesson uh, from him where uh, he talks about, and actually uh, another one from Nagato Sensei, Soke, who uh, was sharing about, you know, personal instruction from a teacher to make sure that you're getting the heart of Budo and uh, keeping this thing. Sometimes it's called a mystery, whatever. That's even kind of words from Mikyo. Um, but keeping it alive. Um, and, you know, a lot of people think of Budo being degraded or watered down or whatever from a conventional standpoint uh, because it's turned into, you know, a sport or recreational martial art or, you know, those kind of things. And that's certainly one way. But the other way that it gets degraded and watered down is that um, students or aspirants believe that they can learn it themselves, right? Um, they don't have to go to somebody who it's been passed down to from somebody who it was passed down to from somebody who was bad. So, um, you know, especially here in the West, right? We all believe that, you know, the individual uh, got access to YouTube. There's nothing I can't figure out on my own. Um, and that's just, it's, it's ego speaking, right? I mean, one of the smartest guys in the world is not alive anymore, but one of the smartest guys that ever lived, Albert Einstein, said that you don't fix a problem with the same mind that created it. Right? But it's not just about problems. Okay? Um, you know, imagine a baby being born, not knowing anything. Right? And this, I, I just, I just saw something this week, so this is this ties in with that as well, right? So a quick segue, right, on a joke, and it's not a joke, but. All these people running around whining about not being able to do things, right? Because they don't know how. Well, no shit, right? You know how you figure out how to do it? You do it, right? Screw up a couple of times or go to find, go to learn it from somebody else and then do it yourself and you're going to screw up a little bit. You're going to have to fix the screw ups, all kinds of stuff. It's kind of like adulting, right? Um, but People run around and use that as an excuse, like when you were born as a baby, right, you knew how to do flat roofing, or you knew how to shingle a house, or you knew how to anything, right? Well, of course not, right? But believing that you can learn something with this kind of depth all by yourself is, and it, we're talking about Budo, right? So the life mastery stuff in addition to, right? Um, is like believing that a baby can be born and left unattended and it'll figure things out. No, the baby will die soon. Okay. And the baby's also under the influence of whoever that it's in the care of, whatever environment it grows up in. Okay. Um, okay. So again, this ties into a lot of Right. A lot of things where I'm going to be touching on many things that we've covered over over time, but uh, one of one of the sides to this is the 
Well, that's weird. Sorry. Sounds like an alarm going on with my bag, but it's my digital watch that I can't put on mute like I can my phone. Just in case you hear some weird buzzing. Anyway, so, um, uh, again, there's a lot of these concepts that people hear or they read in books or, you know, and when I say here, it could be a podcast like this. It could be, uh, I don't know, a lot of these things turn into cliches, but they could have been uh, at a seminar and heard it from a teacher. They could have heard it from Hatsumi Sensei themselves or himself. But um, ego is quick to assume because I've heard that word before and I have a definition for it. So therefore, okay, kind of like worry or respect, okay? not being the same as, you know, conventional respect. And, um, you know what, just to make sure everybody's caught up and on the same sheet of music. And I apologize to those of you who have heard this before, right? I'm just going to take a quick minute, um, to make sure that everybody's on the same sheet of music. Uh, but we all know what respect is when we're growing up, right? Um, childhood respect was, uh, the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Great. Okay. Well, that works for everybody who's of sound mind and has great character traits. But what about somebody who doesn't give a shit what happens to them? Okay? Golden rule is not going to apply. And what if we encounter that person? But either way, right? The baby step is golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have done unto you. Okay. So uh, a little bit more mature uh, perspective on it is uh, treat every person uh, thing, right? Experience as though it's as important to you as you are to you. Okay. Great. Okay. So there's this relationship. Okay. But then we run into, um, Hey Jimmy, we run into, um, lessons like respect, even your opponent. And in warriorship, there are aspects of that same kind of thing, right? Uh, like in the samurai world, if I cut down an opponent, right, I didn't spit on him or kick his corpse or anything like that, right, um, which you'll see gangbangers and thugs and, and shitheads and whatnot do that kind of stuff today, right, and it's, I don't know, well, it was funny, man, right, um, but that would have never been done, okay, um, you show due respect, okay, um, there's a really great scene in the movie, uh, the last samurai where, uh, the, for no, no better description, right? The, um, the army that the merchants had put together, right? To bring Japan into the, into the 20th century or 19th century at that point, right? Into the modern world. Um, when they confronted the rebel generals, uh, samurai, right? And they lost. Right. And the leader of that army, right, was going to commit seppuku, right, ritual suicide, right, He's supposed to take his own life. Okay. And uh, Tom Cruise's character didn't understand the, the whole premise behind this, you know, it's a win, a loss, what the hell are you doing? Right. And he asked the rebel general to stand by him. Right. Basically to behead him so he didn't cry out when he disemboweled himself. Right. So, um, 
again, a lot of people don't understand this, right? I mean, this guy just kicked your ass. Why would he? And the rebel general said it was a, it would be a great honor, right? And it just, it doesn't compute in the West very well, but people try to, to, you know, try to play this off like they get it, right? This is deeply embedded in the culture, right? But there's this other side to warrior respect that has nothing to do with any of that stuff. Okay. When we say respect your opponent, right? We're not talking about sending the guy a box of chocolates and some flowers, right? And wishing him well in tomorrow's battle, right? What we're doing is recognizing that this guy intends to wipe out me, my family, my friends, my village, whatever, okay? Um, it might not be an army, right? It might be the guy at work that, you know, is trying to take your job or whatever it is, right? Um, the idea with this is we respect their intent to do harm. And so we position ourselves relative to that to make their job as difficult or make their their uh, actions as difficult as possible. Okay. So this is the same for a lot of things, right? This, especially we're going to talk about responsibility today, but it's the same idea, right? So it's very, very difficult um for ego to grasp the idea that it doesn't fucking know everything. Okay. And, but <laughs> that it, it's, it's trying to learn something that it doesn't have the knowledge experience or basis to approach it from. Okay. And which is why, right. We talk about, and again, bad translations, right? Really bad translations. These things are all over the place, right? But um, destroying ego. And it's not so much a matter of destroying ego, but, you know, tying him up, tossing, tossing him in a corner and keeping ego under control so that you can actually learn something. Anyway, all right, so uh, I saw some other people had signed on. Uh, like I said, Dave Fletch is here. Jimmy's here. Um, I've got this weird thing over here. It just says show and hide. Uh, how about if I not show that? Um, I'm have to get rid of that. Yeah, we don't need anybody, anybody to uh, to jack this. Oh, Victor says Last Samurai, my favorite movie. That That is one that... Uh, I think is a fantastic primer for helping Westerners new to this concept try to understand uh, this idea of Budo from that perspective. Um, but again, I have a lot of folks uh, within the Bujinkan and within the martial arts that didn't like the movie because they, uh, you know, they mismatched uh, armor styles with uh different eras and it was just you know whatever right um it's already a fictional story so why can you not suspend disbelief from certain areas hollywood's going to be hollywood right but if they can keep something like this as close as possible when it comes to uh the ideology the philosophy um shit i'm all in right uh again for those who um, who are all about 
the physical technique and not the psychology and have read about and think they understand because they can explain it. Well, they can explain it, but can they experience it? Things like Fudoshin, Mushin, those kind of things, right? Um, I think, in, again, in that movie, I think that they did a fantastic job of showing that that state of experiential oneness and not a fragmented, scattered mentality trying to watch everything at once in, and again, for those of you who saw the movie, um, in the scene in the, basically the square where Tom Cruise's character was surrounded and attacked by multiple swordsmen um, at night, right? The look in his eyes, he did a really great job of just making that, that empty, what looked like an empty stare, but he was so tuned in, right? And that was, that was cool. So anyway, as far as cool goes, right? Anyway. All right. So, um, where am I going with this? Uh, when I opened it up, if you were on when I first started, right, I opened things up with um, uh, sharing this, this, I call it a quote because I quote him, but this thing that, that Shrey Sensei, right, uh, this teacher that I've worked with for a long, long time that is highly underrated and, and often overlooked a lot, even by a lot of the master uh, teachers and, and who are now new Soke, right, um, because of the way he carries himself um, in often within training, right? Um, it's just, it, it's just the epitome of a ninja, right? Just don't look over here. There's nothing to see. I'm not worth paying attention to that kind of thing. Right. Um, and I've mentioned him in the past. He's the one with the, the demon horns and demon face that'll pop out right at that moment that he has you and just, just create that sinking feeling like you're you're already done right and then he just goes away right and if you're not right there if you're not the target of his intent you never see it it's 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 cool anyway so one of the things he says when when a student is having a problem with a technique or when he's demonstrating a technique that he's trying to explain from Hatsumi Sensei's previous class which I don't know what he calls him anymore but uh Back in the day, every time we'd have one of his classes, he would pull one or two things from Hatsumi Sensei's previous class that week. Or if it was a Friday class and we're doing a class on Sunday afternoon or something like that, right? So pulling from previous class, he always called his classes homework from Hatsumi Sensei's class, right, to help you understand it better. And um, but he would he would always focus in on this idea of and again it's his it's his English language being spoken using Japanese syntax. So it sounds funny, but stick around for fifteen, twenty minutes and your ears will tune in and you'll process things just fine. It won't be all scrambled up. But uh he says best action do, best situation make. Okay. And he even talks about this in context with timing and trying to find the best time or the best situation or whatever, because you're trying to learn things. And, and here's the thing. 
you aim for perfect. We aim for perfection. But we'll settle for what works. But that runs in direct contradiction to what I see from a lot of people, where they stop at good enough, right? Or they'll use a, they'll use reasoning and logic. I call it excuses. Like, well, I don't need to work on. I mean, you know, in a real fight, I would no. In a real fight, you will do exactly what you do in training. If you even put anything in in training, because as one of my teachers, uh, Shoshi Malmstrom, used to always say, if you don't put it in, it's not coming out, right? If it's not in subconscious storehouse, there's no way in hell it's coming out, right? Because your conceptualization faculties, right? Uh, for those of you in the uh, first seven steps program, uh, in a couple of classes coming up here, we're going to be covering something called the skandhas, which skanda means heap or pile or collection, gathering, that kind of thing. Um, and it's these five areas of our makeup. One is form and the rest of them is mental, emotional, uh, most mostly mental. Um, and it's how we process things. Okay? And so what we have this conceptualization faculty, that's what this is where uh stories, fiction, lies, um, creativity, inventions, all that kind of stuff come from, right? The conceptualization faculty takes things that you've already learned and adjusts them and adapts them and pulls things from one thing and another thing and mixes them together to be able to produce something completely different that solves a problem or handles something in the moment, which is something that we need to have to a very high degree in a self-defense situation. Because one, the kata is not the fight. Two, the dojo is not the fight environment. Three, your dogi or kegogi, right? Your martial clothing. It's not the clothing you're going to be wearing when shit happens. Okay. So, uh, but every, every situation is going to be unique and we need to be able to, to have these things, right? So, uh, again, the conceptualization, conceptualization function or faculty can only use what it has available to it. So if we don't put things in, it's not coming out, right? I, right. So uh, anyway, right? Um, James, I see we have other people jumping in. Did, do you did anything anything fixed for you over there on your side? Not on restream, but I can check on those channels directly. Okay. All right. So. Um, so let's let's uh, let's focus in on something that uh, I included in the uh, on a little summary of what we're going to be doing, right? Um, and I'm surprised that as many people showed up for Kuden as uh, they did because I let off with like business stuff. What the hell's business have to do with martial arts? Okay, 
unless we're talking about running a martial arts school or uh, all the stuff that, you know, a lot of people hate. I'm not talking about that, right? Principles are universal, okay? Unless you're making shit up, in which case, then it only works as long as you don't have to apply it in the real world, okay? So, and again, uh, for those of you who are going through the first seven steps of, of a Buddha program and went through the Sanji Shichi Dobo and 37 uh, Fundamentals program, um, <laughs> we talk about, uh, there's a book that I suggest, uh, Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism by Chogyam Trungpa. He's a, he was a Tibetan Lama, passed away a bunch of years ago. Um, but in that, he talks, he uh, shares a story from Tibet. Uh, it's called the Three Lords of Ego. And uh, each of these lords r- rule over, uh, for those of you on audio only, I'm making air quotes, right? Rule over um, an aspect of the human being, right? So one is the Lord of Form. And this is uh, the ego that pays that pays attention and is supported and reinforced by uh, appearances and how something looks and whatever, right? And then there's the Lord of Mind, which obviously is for mental faculties, right? Assuming that the faculties are functioning correctly. But the third one is the Lord of the spiritual realm. And so each one of these things, right, whichever realm it kind of governs, attaches itself to that and uses that to reinforce itself. Right. And we'll talk about this during the, the for those of you in that program, uh, going through the, the five skandhas. So somebody who's very form oriented. Right. Um, they, they they're they're all about appearance. Right. And it could be physique. Right. If they're a gym rat or something like that. It could be style. It could be, uh, you know, makeup involved or whatever, right? Tanning. But it's about the physical form, right? And you know that you, you can tell when somebody is in that realm because of the way they, the way they describe things, right? The way they make decisions, right? And if you're not sure, let stress hit, okay? Let stress hit, right? And that's, that goes for all of them. Okay. Um, uh, when uh, when someone doesn't like something that I say, right, and then I get this major flaming thing that comes back, right? Um, it's always easy to tell where they are, right, and what's what's ruling the day, so to speak, okay? Because ego tells on itself, okay. So somebody that is form oriented, if they hear a story about or uh, think about, right, being physically injured, uh, being marred, right? You know, the, uh, often you'll hear a bad guy in a movie, right, threaten somebody who's like a, like a woman, right, is very, very beautiful, right? Um, I will leave you so ugly that nobody will ever want you kind of thing, and that gets her to comply, right? Um, but uh, they, they might hear a story about somebody who was in a motorcycle crash and lost an arm or, uh, you know, whatever. Right. And what they'll say is, if I ever lose my looks, if I ever dress like that, if I ever uh, lose a limb, you might as well just kill me. Right. Because they will physically right be unacceptable. They will be um, 
uh, you know, even to, especially to themselves, right? But the, they they need that kind of validation. They need that's how they compete in the world. Okay, um, people who are all about the mind and intellect and intelligence, right? Um, if you again, the story comes up where somebody uh, had head trauma, right, and um, their uh, their um, you know their mental capacity is diminished, right? Um, or you, you know, uh, I don't know, you have a discussion with somebody and you mention that um, they're not clear, they're not lucid, they're or whatever, right? And they take as, as an affront to their intelligence, right? Um, that Lord of Ego, right, that dragon will rear its, its ugly head. And uh, you can always tell what somebody holds most dear because it's what they will throw flames at you to, to guard, right. To defend, right. Um, even, and what they don't get is that they're running around proving the other person, right. Okay. But they can't help themselves because it's, right. It, if egos, egos leading, right. The mind is, is governed, right. And we just covered this in, uh, in a previous lesson in the seven steps, uh, program, and the, and the gist of it was, look, we're either in control of our own mind or our mind's in control of us. And what I mean by mind is I mean habitual tendencies, fears, anxieties, whatever. Okay? So anyway, and then Lord of uh, Spirituality, um, this one gravitates towards religious and spiritual teachings. And instead of doing the work, right, because ego needs reinforcement for itself and we come when we're looking at spiritual studies spiritual studies are designed to to basically bind up ego and bring it under control right so that we're not stomping through the world doing damage and leaving shit in our wake right but ego doesn't like that so ego's shortcut is to uh, either imitate or it'll put in the work, but the work is to read the spiritual teachings or to uh, study certain things just enough so we can memorize it. So then it can spit it out and sound like it's already enlightened. OK, so this is the worst one, because it will it will use things that are supposed to be fixing an ego problem and it becomes an even bigger problem. Okay. Uh, and you can always tell with, with these folks because there's nothing to, there's nothing to, you know, if I ever lose my religion, just kill me. If I, it's, they don't do that, right? It's not that kind of thing. What they do, um, is they'll justify not, like, I don't, I don't study that stuff. I don't believe in doing these practices, right? I'm already enlightened, right? Those kind of things, okay? And they'll pick, they'll cherry pick what lessons, okay? And then they'll use their conceptualization faculties to come up with some guru-sounding stuff, okay? Which is why, and here's a, here's a spoiler alert for anybody that ever goes through Mikio with me, right? There are these little tests that students or practitioners or aspirants are given, 
Okay. And again, right. It's going to be out in the wild, right? It's, it's free. So years from now, somebody could listen to this, memorize this answer and then present it as a lesson like they actually know. Okay. But here we go, right? There is a pop quiz that teachers will give their students and it's to see how well the student actually understands, not just the teachings, because anybody can regurgitate something they memorized, right? But how well they understand the truth, right? Reality, right? Not cognitive reality. Well, that's my reality. No, that's not reality. That's an opinion. Okay, That's a belief system. Okay. It's real to you, but how's it, how, how's it working out in the world? Okay, because life is a direct reflection of our BS, right? BS is in belief system or, you know, what BS can also mean, right? So uh, one of these questions, and again, this is the spoiler alert, which means I probably, I will not ask any of my students this question because I use it as an analogy, right? Why would I ask you something I already gave you the freaking answer to, right? Ego wants to. Well, ego wants to memorize all the answers so it can sound like it knows what the hell it's talking about, except that enlightenment is caused by or created by questions, not by knowing answers. Okay, quality of question produces quality of answer. An enlightenment inducing answer produces more questions. Right. Not a run on of a book or whatever of just random thoughts. Okay, so. The question is, if you meet the Buddha on the road, what do you do? And the answer is, you kill him. Because anybody who's enlightened does not walk around the world claiming to be enlightened. Because they know that no matter how much you know, there's so much more that you know you don't know. Right? And so they don't play that game. Right? You would figure out that they know what the hell they're talking about because they're producing these results. Look at that. Holy shit. And with little to no uh, effort, right? Um, but if somebody walks up and says, I'm the Buddha, you should believe me, okay? In the ancient in the ancient world, that would be their last day. That'd be their last moment, okay? Because that is a that is an ego running amok in the world. Okay. But, you know, we live in a world today where everybody's supposed to be, you know, whatever they come up with, smile and go about your business. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, so one of the responsibilities of a warrior is to take evil out of the world. But we live in a world where I think one of the Judeo-Christian prophecies have already come true. And Hatsumi Sensei actually uh, believe this as well. And that is that the meek shall inherit the earth. <clears throat> All right. So let's get back to this business thing. All right. In business, there is this concept, that concept, it's a litmus test. It is a, uh, we have these, we have these, these things called, um, key performance in indicators, KPIs, key strategic indicators, KSIs, right? So, 
a key performance indicator, you graph this out, right? So you have this system in place. Like I have a an info call introductory system for bringing new students into the school. This has nothing to do with advertising. This kicks in the moment that someone sends me now in today's world, right, an IM, DM, an email, or they might still call on the phone, or they walk in the front door, okay, and they want information about the program, okay? So we have the system. There is, uh, and it's not just the way it's described. It's not described until they answer a few questions, because when they call or they come in, one of the first questions is, you know, how much does it cost? Or it could be, hey, I came in to check out your program. Can you tell me about it? Whatever. Okay. The reality is that most people don't know what to ask. Okay. It's the rare person who walks in who's done martial arts before, and it wasn't like 20 years ago when they were nine. Right. And mom and dad took care of, took care of everything. Right. So what they're really asking is, can you help me? figure out what I'm supposed to know because all I really know is what I think I want. But I also know that there's certain things that I'm hoping you could help me with that I really don't want to talk about, especially if it's people that have fear, insecurities, anxiety, lack of confidence, anger management issues, whatever. Okay. So, right, so our system starts with, oh, hi, you know, I'm Sensei Miller. Um, I can help you with that. So have you ever taken martial arts before? What is it that you would like to get out of a martial arts experience, okay, or a martial arts program? Um, and then it just leads from there, right? Then once I have information, then I can talk about the part of the program that matches them. Okay, so it's this it's this performance indicator kind of thing. Right. So how well is that doing? So the number of people that call or IM or DM or email or whatever, how many of those people actually enrolled into a uh, an introductory program, signed up for an introductory class, whatever. Okay, that's my indicator as to how well the system's working, just like our life is an indicator as to how well our BS is working. Right. So. um, But. We have this this thing called ROI, right? Return on investment. Okay, so this isn't just a business thing, right? This is the hopes of that student. This is the hopes of me when I, you know, gotten got in with my first or fifteenth or whatever instructor. Okay, what is it that I'm hoping to get out of this, right? What do I want to get in return for the time, effort, tuition, whatever? that I'm trading for this knowledge, for these abilities. So there's primary things, right? Could be self-defense, could be, you know, whatever, right? But there's also secondary things, okay? I really don't feel that confident. I'd really like to be more confident. Um, You know, I I think if I were more confident, um, I wouldn't let my spouse walk all over me. If I were more confident, uh, I would get that promotion at work, those kind of things, right? That, that's the obvious, right? Just like when I'm talking about the respect and worry respect, that's the obvious, right? 
But there's this other thing in business that's called COI, cost of inactivity. Okay? So we need for this area to be taken care of. We need these KPIs, right? This system, there's something wrong with it because we're only getting a 30% enrollment based on the number of people that walk in the door, okay? When it should be, mine's 80%, okay? So um, it's not because I'm the cheapest guy in the block. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, you know, here's, here's this thing, right? So we need this fix, okay? Um, what's the cost to me every day that that doesn't get fixed? Let's say I have a leaky roof in my house. What's the cost to me every day or over time the longer I let that go? That is the cost of inactivity, right? A couple of dollar patch turns into what? A twelve or $20,000 complete roof redo because I've got rotted wood and all kinds of stuff going on, right? Um, or worse, okay? So... This is where I think folks aren't thinking things through, right? And again, this goes back to ego, right? The more we understand about the way, way ego does things, the harder it is for us to escape um, the, the, the situation that we put ourselves in. Um, But also, the more we know, the better the the better action. Like like Shirley they said, right? The better action we can take to actually get where we need to go. Okay. So here's one of the inhibitors. Ego. When ego wants something, when you know what? Let's stop talking about ego. When we want something we will tend to focus on all of the benefits and ignore or easily dismiss the negatives that by nature come with that thing. Like you can't buy a house and have this asset. No, no, I own my house. I'm not betrothed to any landlord. I don't have to pay rent. I don't have to worry about some other. No, but you know what? You're now paying for everything. Right. Yeah. My mortgage is cheaper. Yeah, I know. But you're paying the taxes on the thing. That's why the rent was what it was. Right. And you're paying water and sewer and you're paying trash and you're paying for all the stuff that they paid for. Right. And probably in your lease. Right. Um, anything over twenty five, fifty bucks, whatever it is in your lease. Right. Um, they had to cover they had to take care of. Right. So you can't nickel and diamond for light bulbs. Right. Um, but you got all this extra stuff. Right. You've got all the zoning restrictions and, and things like that that they had to comply with and worry about, and now you do, right? Um, all kinds of crazy stuff. So, but ego will tend to, if I want to get with somebody, right? If I want to believe I'm the king of the gypsies, whatever it is, right? Um, I'm going to focus on all the cool benefits to that, right? But I'm going to completely blow off or dismiss, even if the dismissal is, it sounds like I'm thinking clearly about it, but I'm really delaying or I'm putting a delay mechanism in hoping that it doesn't happen. Okay. And that sounds like this. 
Well, I mean, of course, but we'll, you know what? We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Oh, well, eventually you're going to get there. Okay. Unless you don't do anything at all. Right. So that's, that's the half of it. The other half is when we don't want to do something or we want out of something, right? Contract that we signed and we have obligations, right? Uh, an agreement between two people, um, whatever it is, right? When we want out, we will focus on all the negative and ignore all the positive sides to it. Okay. He goes very one sided. Okay. And if we know that, then that's what intellect is for, right? Okay? We're not being led by our feelings. Intellect, but what, see, here's what happens. We want, we want that thing because we, we just, we're already starting to feel the jazz for having it. Or we want out of it because we're just, you know, unlike it. It's uncomfortable. It's challenging, right? I want to do other things, right? Um, what ego does is steps in and logically justifies that feeling. Okay? This is not my opinion, okay? You can look it up. This is science, okay? It steps in and justifies it, okay? The people that don't like to hear this or that don't believe it happens is the ones who think that they are rational, intellectual people who are not ruled by their feelings. Okay? And the only people that are that way to a greater extent, are sociopaths. Okay? So, here's this thing, right? So, here's where we're going to cross over. I'm, I'm going to jump back over to responsibility for a moment. Okay? What if, we're going to get serious here when it comes to training, right? What if, we looked at our training through the lens of responsibility. I mean, after all, we're trying to be warriors, right? Or we already assume ourselves to be such. Okay. So what's our responsibility? Our responsibility is to have the greatest amount of power possible. And I don't mean it's going to shoot out of my fingertips or my asshole, right? And light the world on fire. I don't mean any kind of magic. Okay. Uh, remember, I grew up over a significant time uh, with Shoshi Malmstrom, and he's, he, this is a big thing on his on his side. Where uh, Hatsumi Sensei, Hatsumi Sensei, he's even said, um, "You have a responsibility as a warrior to be rich." Boy, does that make people squirm? Because okay. of you know all the things they think about rich people. Ooh. Okay. But how are you going to produce greater results in the world if you don't have the means and the influence to do it? What you're going to do is do the same thing that 95, 98% of everybody else does. You jump on social media and you're going to bitch and whine about social issues, trying to guilt or force or otherwise get other people to conform to the ideology so that they'll do the work. Because, like, I donate, man, but I don't have any money. So what I, my, my contribution is to make this aware and make everybody aware to this thing. You know what? People would be more, uh, most people would be more uh, sympathetic to your cause if you were actually living to the thing that you want them to do as well. Okay? 
Because if you look at any band of folks that are pushing for everybody else to conform, they're all the same. They're all the same. They don't have the means to produce that which they want to produce, or they just want to do things their way, and they want everything else to be changed so that they don't have to conform. Okay? Just a bunch of megalomaniacs creating a, a another entity in the group. Okay? So, but what if, what if, right? So Shoshi Molstrom's um, thing was, right, this power has to do with skills, knowledge, capability, ability, willingness, resources, whatever, okay? So his, his point was a warrior needs to be powerful enough. That whatever condition arises, whatever problem or challenge arises that would threaten his family or those that he has or she has chosen to protect, they can take care of it. Because not every dragon that needs to be slayed can be done so with a sword or a fist or a Ganseki Nage or whatever. Okay. Some of the biggest dragons that need to be slain are the dragons dragons of ignorance and desire. Okay. So if you need a skill, if you need a knowledge, or if you need a, a, some kind of knowledge or know-how, if you need a capability or whatever, right? A technique. In a given situation, and you don't have it. When you need it. Okay. It's not the other person's or the other or the situations or the world's fault. If I need something like that and I don't have it, when I need it, it's my fault that I don't have it. Well, I didn't know that was possible. Okay. Because I'm probably trying to figure things out for myself. The the goal of a mentor, the goal of somebody who's actually a real teacher or guru, whatever, whatever word makes you feel all warm and fuzzy, right, is to be able to share knowledge with someone and perspective and insights that allows them to do something they could not do before. The purpose of getting into a group or being with a teacher is not to be involved in a mutual admiration society, right? Believing the same thing so that you both feel warm and comfortable and fuzzy and all that stuff, right? From the student's perspective or the learner, disciple, whatever, right? The goal should be to find somebody who can already do what you want to be able to do and to a significantly higher degree than you think you can already reach. Significantly. Okay. Which for me ruled out 
people that knew some stuff. Okay. So, but if, if we looked at our training, if we looked at our desire to train, right? Cause I know I've got a lot of people that, that follow me. I get emails, we get posts, all that kind of stuff, right? That every day that goes by, it's still the same want. It's still the same pecking at, at YouTube videos. It's still the same drink your poison, whatever. Every day that goes by is one more day added to the learning paradigm and the skill development paradigm once you start. It's also, this is in the words of one of my mentors, it's also one day more that you can't protect or help your loved ones from situations That may arise because you don't have the skills or the knowledge or whatever. And when I say you, I'm talking to me too, right? My mind's always tuned to this stuff, which is why, right? Again, there are all these cliches, right? A mind only opens, it's like a parachute. It only opens or only works when it's open. You know what? Okay. Um, a mind shouldn't be totally open because if you accept everything, you'll fall for everything. Okay. Being totally open is just as bad as being closed. We talked about that in a previous episode, I think, James, right? Doubt, right? Healthy doubt, right? So anyway, I got, got a couple other notes here. Um, do, 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 do. Um, <laughs> well, you know what? Let's just stay on the responsibility thing. Okay. Um, warriors have maybe the word's not responsibility that we read in the latest um, how to be a samurai book, right? Or in the latest, um, you know, learn this one technique and you'll be a powerful samurai in uh, 30 minutes and be able to handle any uh, attacker that comes at you ever. Right. Um, If they're playing the fantasy game, right, they're using words like honor, integrity, duty, right? (laughs) He said duty, Uh, D-U-T-I. Or D-U-T-Y. So duty means responsibility. Okay? It's just a smaller word. Okay? So if we're really studying Budo, then we have a responsibility to be a self-sufficient individual who is knowledgeable, capable, has a high degree of self-discipline, okay? That means they're not wasting a bunch of time uh, doing things that don't produce anything, right? They're clear, not diluted, right? Um, They're not attacking anyone because they're too busy trying to make sure that they're, they're kind of like a sheepdog. Okay. Watching over those who need protection. Okay. If they're off doing something else going, Hey, look at me, look at me. Guess who's not being protected? The sheep. Okay. And while we, while we warriors often, you know, um, have certain thoughts about 
sheeple. Right? Let us not forget that we have those kind of people in our lives that need protecting. Okay? Ego likes to depersonalize all those sheeple out there. But what about the people that we've chosen to protect that don't want to learn this stuff? They don't want to know any better. They need the system to be exactly the way it is, but you love them and don't want to see them harmed. It's easy to call people sheeple and to think in negative or negative ways about them when we're not connected to them. Okay. But here we are, right? So if we thought about our training from the perspective of responsibility, If we took our responsibility seriously as the warrior we imagine ourselves to be, are, or want to be, then we have a duty to learn this stuff, to learn as much as possible, as quickly as possible, to be as prepared as possible, so we don't end up regretting things later. It's a cool um, meme that I just saw uh, the other day, and I'm I'm pretty sure I shared it. Uh, It was really simple. It said, suffer the pain of discipline or suffer the pain of remorse. Let me change the word discipline to something else. Suffer the wrath and uh, nagging or whatever of the significant other who doesn't want you training. Well, to not want you training means that they don't want to be, they don't want to be safe. They're already deluded and believing that it's never going to happen to them. But if you already know that it can possibly come at you, why are you letting yourself be overridden by somebody who is deluded to the fact that danger exists on the world? Do the duty and do it without hesitation. Okay, fair enough. Right. So um, it's you can replace discipline with all kinds of things, right? But in the end, James, I don't, you have the ability to bring the uh, the slide back up again because when I make those those images, I make those. When I make those images for the weekly kuden, um, I think them through a lot when I um, choose. There you go. Okay. So there's a clock. And there's me. You see what I'm pointing to? What am I pointing to, James? What do you do that guy? Mm. What's that guy doing? I pulled that picture based on the word failure. And that's a person that is beaten down and in a bad place. As an ex-federal police officer, I have looked into the eyes of more than my fair share 
of would have been, should have been protectors who froze or didn't have the skill sets necessary to protect their family. And they were going to be left with that remorse, guilt, knowing for the rest of their goddamn life. And there was nothing I could do to fix it. And no amount of what could you do, whatever, right? This is the same kind of remorse that people have when uh, they have somebody. Uh, one, one of the things uh, that I, uh, that I was thinking about here recently was because um, we we know someone who uh, makes this threat on a regular basis, and it's not that they won't carry it out, but uh, it's about suicide, right? And, um, well, we'll not talk about that person at the moment, but there, there was somebody a bunch of years ago that I, I shocked into, into activity, okay? Because they had quote unquote attempted suicide by the time I met them nine times, right? And man, all the negative self-talk and whatever. Anyway, I ended up as a supervisor on a production line right after I got out of the military. I was working at a, at a cannery. And I stepped in to fill in for for somebody that needed surgery and whatever. So, um, but I'm at this machine. It's this girl, and you know, uh, this she wasn't paying attention to what was going on, and cans were getting crushed. I said, "You need to stop or whatever." And instead of taking responsibility for the fact that she was just like just wondering, she wasn't paying attention to what she was supposed to be paying attention to when this thing happened, right? Well. Her game that she played was to deflect her responsibility and her her uh, choices, right, or her inability to control her own mind, and use statements that she found made people switch gears, okay? And it sounded like this. Oh, I can't do anything right. Oh, yeah. Whatever. And, of course, people, like, flip right away and they go, now, 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 calm down. You're fine. Everything is good. And they step in and, and, right, do all the work, right? Well, I had done that about five days in a row. And during this time, again, I was only there temporarily running things. But um, I kept hearing all of the, you know, can't do anything wrong. People would be better off without me. And, you know, and I, I, I did the almost day thing right now. That's not true. You know, you need to think about what you're good at, all those things. Right. And, um, I hit my limit and I know this is not fashionable. You shouldn't speak to people this way. Who says, okay. So, had one of these little mishaps, right? And she pulled this thing, okay? And um, she said, I should just kill myself. And I said, after nine times, apparently you can't do that right either. How about trying something else? And she was absolutely shocked. Nobody's ever talked to me that way. And I said, maybe that's the problem too. You know what? 
from that day on, she started making a change because she ran into somebody who the manipulate any every time that she had attempted suicide was always around somebody would find her somebody would and it was never to a degree where it it was it wasn't a call for help it wasn't anything like that but my take on that is i get it i get that somebody's in that situation i get it i feel bad for them but when they're thinking that everybody else would be better off without them there, I think that is a, just astonishingly self-serving and egotistic. Because the number of people that I have met in my life who were a family member or a friend of someone who committed suicide, this person is living with remorse every damn day they're in counseling or not they are suffering to a huge degree because the person who thought that everybody else would be better off never thought about the fact that these people who love them and care for them and want the best for them right are going to be wrecked because there was nothing they could do Which is why I believe in most societies, why suicide's a crime. If you look out, look in the criminal statutes, suicide falls under murder. And the big joke that everybody has is, well, how the hell are you going to try the person? Um, they killed themselves. Yeah, well, attempted murder is attempted murder. So, okay. But I get it. We get the people help, but it's a crime because of all the freaking damage you leave behind. Okay. So let's get away from suicide. Let's get back here to this responsibility thing. Right? And I'm not going to ask any questions about the elephant in the room, like how the, how the hell are you going to feel right? if the excuse of it's not the best time, well, it's never going to be the best time. There's, there's no such thing. Right? I, I, uh, Shrey Sensei's quote, best action do, best situation make. Not best time for the action to do best situation make right there's there's an old adage what was the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago what's the second best time to plant a tree today so but the the differential right we have to think about how long it's going to take once we start training once we start trying to understand, how long will it take from day one to at least minimum proficiency to handle the 95 to 98% of the situations or the attacks that occur, at least here in the States, um, that are easily handled by what we consider to be basics, right? How long will that, will that take? Okay. In my dojo, it takes about six months, okay? And that's base proficiency, okay? Now, how long is it going to take to handle the five, two to five percent of killers that are not going back to jail and or not going to be easily controlled? Okay. Now, take that amount of time and add all the extra days until we actually make that choice to do it. Okay. So. 
timing, just like distancing, all those other things that I teach on, right? I just covered what I just covered, uh, distancing last whiteboard Wednesday. Was that distancing, James? My, yeah. Okay. So timing, Vitsudo, right? I'm going to cover that next week. Okay. Has an element outside of physical self-defense. Okay. There's everything from like the time something takes, but there's also intervals, gaps. Okay. One of the things I mentioned during last whiteboard Wednesday, that's going to be a huge part of this, uh, this coming training this week is taking advantage of gaps, gaps in his movement, gaps in the shape of his form as he's missing, gaps in his uh, cognitive reasoning, right? It's why we distract. It's why we do certain things, right? Or if you know how someone gets from point A to point B and you do something or say something, right, that causes things to stall or stutter, it creates a gap. It creates a little pocket of time that if you act within that pocket of time, you have an advantage. Okay? So here's a timing thing. Okay? How many pockets or how big is our freaking pocket of time that danger can enter our world? That a problem, a challenge, how long are we going to wait until we fix the water heater or whatever it is, right? We're going to fix the oil leak in the car or whatever. Okay. Well, and you know, it's just, I don't have the money for this. I don't have the money for that. I don't know. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I just went over with this with somebody else who's probably not going to talk to me for a while. Okay. Um, how much do you get paid? What's your job pay? Well, it only pays this much. We'll get a damn, get another job. Well, you don't understand. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Okay. Maybe that's the problem. All right. What I found with this person was, well, that job's comfortable. They tolerate it and it's comfortable, but they don't want to have to go looking for another job. Okay. So, but that one doesn't cover what you need. It doesn't provide you the means to even freaking take care of this little problem that's just for you that popped up. How the hell are you going to help a family member, friend, loved one, or whatever when something big like that pops up? This is what Shidoshi Malmstrom was pointing out, right? It's just <laughs> responsibility is a key duty, right, is a key trait of why is my sorry my uh my computer just popped a uh, little warning here i apologize let's see. check this all right speaking of times and gaps my my computer battery uh, ran down on time because uh while i was setting things up i plugged the computer in but i didn't plug the other end into the wall so <laughs> see right so anyway um gaps right so but duty is one of these responsibilities right i don't know how many of you have these things but I, i've seen these things um memes floating around where there's a warrior and then these these seven or eight depending on which 
which historical document they pulled it from, right? These uh, character traits, right, of a samurai or of a warrior, right? Integrity, uh, honesty, those kind of things, right? A whole list of these things, right? Duty or responsibility, depending on how it's written out, right? It's all there. I don't know how many, how many, or if you know anybody that has these things hanging up that makes ego feel good because they're, they're, you know, they're surrounded by warrior things, but they're not, they're, they're surrounded by warrior stuff, but they're not doing warrior stuff. Okay. Responsibility. Here's the hidden part of warrior responsibility that I got a bunch of years ago. A warrior takes responsibility for absolutely everything that happens to him or around him and, of course, by him. All actions and all conditions and experiences. Okay? Yeah, but what about this guy that came out of no... Look, right? Um, I've had women like freak out on me in rape defense seminars because I bring this stuff up. Okay. I didn't ask that guy to jump me. I didn't whatever. Okay. I didn't, I didn't ask for my, you know, uh, my water heater to explode. No, but we, we live in a freaking phenomenal world where shit falls apart. Right. So if I don't have a slush fund to be able to fix things, if, if they break, then I must believe that shit lasts forever or I'll cross that bridge when I get there. Well, I hope you got a satchel of freaking cash when you get to certain bridges or you've got, you know, the ability to um, weather somebody, you know, set, throwing a shitload of flaming anger at you because they didn't get their own way. And they're a six year old in a, an adult body or whatever. Right. Um, but. <laughs> Let's say I'm jumped at the corner of Fourth and Elm. Whether I defend myself successfully or not, we're gonna we're gonna remove the self-defense skills off the table. Here's how a warrior accepts responsibility for that situation, or at least for their part in that situation. And this is where folks have a hard time getting their head wrapped around it. But those who accept responsibility find solutions and recover from challenges faster than those who don't. And I don't mean I'm accepting the blame. There's no blame on him. No, the jackass that jumped me at the corner of fourth and Elm is an asshole. And he deserved me put down like a freaking sick dog, but I'm still responsible for part of that situation. If for no other reason than I chose to be at fourth and Elm, when he was looking for a target. Does that mean I knew that he was out there looking for a target? Nope. Does that mean that, you know, my life? No, it, call it whatever you want, but my choices throughout the day put me at the corner of 4th and Elm at that moment when asshole was looking for a target. Okay? See, this goes way beyond if I don't look at people in a bad way that makes them want to punch my teeth down my throat if I don't, I don't know, send them emails or, or messages online that would make them want to hunt me down and shoot me in the face or I don't flip them off or I don't 
whatever, right? This goes way beyond that. This is taking responsibility for everything that occurs to me and not just by me, or it's not just created by me, right? It, there's no room for victim mentality. A warrior must be able to take on any hardship or die in the process of dealing with it. See, we can cherry pick, we can hang up decorations, or we can actually do the thing. Regardless of whether honey doesn't like it, regardless of whether pick something that that stalls somebody you know right now, because you can either deal with that, you can either put up with that kind of pain, that kind of aggravation, that kind of frustration, or you can put up with the aggravation of remorse or the aggravation and pain of remorse if something happens. I'll stop saying you, and I'm not able to do it. That's what drives me forward. But just to be clear, I was not this guy when I came to this training. This was some serious tip-of-the-boot love from certain teachers. And you either accept it, and you live by it, or you register it, and Lord of form, mind, or spirituality regurgitates it back, or we there's a, there in in a lot of these uh, Mikio statue statues, right? Um, like I'm looking at an esoteric statue on on my bookshelf over here that has three faces. Okay, from that realm. That's looking at past, present, and future. It's looking in all directions, all realms, right? We're using everything that we can as energy to produce the next, uh, the next moment, okay? Um, please notice that I'm, well, never mind. Not going to go there. But in the samsaric world, in the everyday world, for most people, that image would represent having multiple faces, and we're going to bring the one to bear that we want everybody else to see while hiding the ones that, right, we know would tell on us. So, anyway, I see Charles posting a whole bunch of things here, but... Um, uh, Let's see. Robert's on. Hey, Robert. Uh, let's see. Questions, comments, complaints. Logical, rational complaints, please. James, are you still not able to see anything? Well, fine. I'll look. Can you put in a support ticket with them? Um, tomorrow or tonight or whatever to see what the hell's going on because this is unacceptable. We're not paying for half-assed shit. 
Oh, let's see. Give another minute here. So, uh, quick shameless plug, right? <laughs> um, Daikomiosai, our yearly kickoff seminar, right? It's coming up January 5th, 6th, and 7th of, uh, 2024. So, um, yeah, if you go over to online forward slash events, the uh, URLs right there, right? For those of you who are on video, um, just put a forward slash and a, and the word events after it. You can go over there and get signed up for it. Um, and uh, yeah, I already have uh, one breakout instructor. Line, well, I've got two breakout instructors lined up. I just don't have do I have two. I have two guaranteed. I have one that um, is probably going to do it. So that's probably three. Um, but I only have one topic that's in. So, uh, but I'm looking to double up on breakout sessions for this one, which means that people would have to take responsibility for their training and tailor their training. And what that means is that, uh, each breakout session time frame, there'd be at least two options and they'd have to pick one or the other. Okay. But that means I'll miss out on something. Yeah. That means that you'll actually have to know what your focus is and what will benefit you the most now or hint, hit, nudge, nudge, do what I did. And I used to take uh, several students to seminars. And um, when breakout sessions came around, we split the, we split the uh, breakouts and then we all took notes. And then when we got back to the dojo after the seminar was over, um, each of us would do a session the best we could teaching what was taught. And then we'd all have the information. Because that's what ninja do. We have networks. Dave Fletch says, I always get in trouble when I tell people they're responsible for their situations. Taking responsibility for everything that happens to me has made dealing with the not so good things much easier. You always get in trouble. Define the trouble, Dave. You mean people don't like you? And then how do you deal with that? I never see myself as in trouble because if I'm in trouble, then there is a governing body over me that I'm going to be punished by. And this goes for my marriage as well. My wife and I have a mutually beneficial uh, relationship. One of us may be not happy with the other one at the moment, but that doesn't make them in trouble. It makes us it creates a situation where we need to resolve this. And that includes sometimes, and she had to learn this, not the hard way. She just had to learn this, right? Because she had not experienced, this is not me ringing my bell. This is, she had, she had never experienced anybody like me uh, before, right? And what was new to her was resolving a disagreement or resolving a problem where we both saw it in different directions and that's where it had to end. We just had to end it by agreeing to disagree and then, you know, it's not a problem. The problem was one sees it one way, the other one wants them to see it that way or whatever, right? Now, does that mean that there weren't moments where, like, she had asked me to do something and I forgot and Whatever. I wasn't in trouble. She was just upset that I didn't do that thing. Guess what? Okay. 
I'll go take care of that thing. Right. And then I will be more mindful in the future to make sure that happens because that's a sensitivity for you. Okay. It's not the same. But I'm not in trouble. Gee, I don't know, man. Need to see if it's okay with the wife. Okay. Oh. Gee, guy, I don't know. Let me call my wife and see if we already have something booked into that time slot and to see if she has any thoughts about things for that day that absolutely requires my, uh, my attendance. Okay. Well, I'm planning things, seminars. I just planned the black belt test, the upcoming black belt test at the, at the academy, right? Um, I put out a tentative date. James remembers this, right? I put out a tentative date. And I said, this bars, you know, I've got two other schedules of my own that I have to look at to make sure I don't, I haven't double booked myself. And you check with the wife to make sure that the family schedule is not, uh, already taken for that time. Called her. Hey, I'm looking to put this thing here. Are we already booked into something that I don't know about? No. Is this going to eat anything else that like something you're looking to do that we can't do the following weekend or the weekend before? No. Great. I'm going to do this then. Okay. She puts it on her calendar. I put it in my calendar and we go about our business. Okay. But she didn't marry a replacement for dad, not even marry a replacement for mom. So let's see. People get angry. I deal with it by knowing that it's their issue. Fantastic. Okay. As long as you can go out of your way to harm somebody, and you're making your decisions based on what is best for the other person, right? Uh, in, in Mikyo, we have this character, uh, in Japanese, uh, her name is Kanon. In Tibetan, the name is Chinridzig, but it's in a male form. Uh, in Sanskrit, Avelikiteshvara, uh, which is um, it's usually seen as the quote-unquote deity of compassion, but the name translates to the hearer of the cries of the world. So it represents compassion. It represents that I feel this person's pain. Okay. And where in exoteric practice, right, conventional practice, this is kind of an all in one kind of thing where this person, this, this personality or character or aspect of ourselves, right, feel somebody's pain and then Often you'll see these characters with different implements, right? And they represent how they're going to help, right? This person, right? But in Mikyo, we have Kanon, and that's the aspect that feels it, that recognizes it. But then we have Seishi, which is the aspect that acts on it, right? That acts out of compassion, but Here's one of the old lessons I got from Reverend Jikai a long time ago, right? Compassion has absolutely nothing to do with being nice. Okay? If we are hearing or feeling or whatever, right, the cries, the suffering, and we know what the root cause is, then the act or the action is to say or do or hold it, Right. Because sometimes silence is the is the action that's necessary. Right. Um, the thing that will wake that person up and give them what they need. Right. Now, what if they get angry and never want to talk to me again? The seed has been planted. That's not a my issue. This is something they needed. OK. Which is also why this path requires a tremendous amount of courage. Again, most people. 
from the exoteric pr- perspective, from the Omolte, assume that courage means I'm, I'm facing the demons out there, right? This asshole's coming at me, whatever. But um, no, the courage to say what needs to be said and the courage to hold the line in the face of them exploding, them, you know, doing whatever. Okay. And again, I've said this over and over again in, in many different episodes and many different lessons. No amount of quoting, no amount of throwing around cliches, no amount of any of that changes what's really going on. Zero. Okay. Wise man stopped speaking, only listened after that when he got attacked for calling them responsible for their problems. Okay. Anyway, all right. So, um, and you also pick your battles, right? In the scrolls, it says never get into a fight you can't win. Okay. And uh, one of one of the students in the seven uh, the seven steps course, uh, she's a retired Air Force officer. Uh, she shared a story about um, having a discussion with a a combat vet, a retired combat vet who was very wise in his years, right? And one of his, um, one of his pieces of wisdom that he gave her was, if you're going to fight somebody, okay, make sure they deserve being fought. If you're going to help somebody, make sure they deserve being uh, helped. Even the Buddha said these lessons are only for for those who only have a little dust on their eyes. My addition to that lesson is mud packs are going to take a lot longer. So uh, let's see. Okay, guys, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Um, Let's do this for this one. Uh, If you have any questions, comments, those kind of things, post it in the comments area. Uh, if you are planning on coming in for uh, Daikomi Osai, right, um, get over to the events page because uh, what are we saving over there, James? It's like $100 off right now to uh, do early registration. Yes. Um, and that's for virtual as well as live, right? Um, lessons are lessons, right? So, uh, and if you're, but if you're making it in, that would be, Awesome. If you need help with uh, uh, knowing about uh, hotels and things like that, I'm putting a list together now of local hotels uh, of different price ranges. Right. That way you can whoever, you know, if you need need one thing, then fine. If you need cheap, then that'll be there. I don't think we have any, quote unquote, cheap hotels um, of the nature that some people might be familiar with. Um, And even if I did think that there were some that were like, I don't know, roach motels or whatever. I would not add to them to the list anyway, no matter what kind of bargain you were getting. So, um, happy Halloween. Hey, you too. Right. That almost startled me. Get it? Halloween. Huh? Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but if you're going to make it in, that'd be great. And because everything isn't set in stone yet, as far as theme and topics and all that, if there is something that you would really like to see covered, here's your chance. 
because by the end of this week, I will have all that mapped out and then the doors will be closed unless somebody has, uh, you know, other questions when they come in for training or, or whatever. Okay. So that's what I have. James, any other things on your end? Is there anything that I'm forgetting that we should be uh, covering? Oh, crap. Foundations, module one, right, uh, is running out. So if you're in the foundations of Ninja Self-Defense uh, program or you're in my platinum course or whatever and you're getting all this uh, stuff, right, this is week 15. Next week, week 16, is the last week. So these two weeks, I did an introduction to a couple of simple weapons. They're not so simple, but um, a basic introduction to things. Um, so this week, uh, we're doing the Hanbo or Kane and a uh, little bit with the Kubaton, a little bit, because uh, in that program, uh, one of the bonuses people got was a Kubaton uh, training manual that I produced a bunch of years ago. Uh, and then next week, we're doing a little bit with the knife. Okay. And then that wraps it up, right? So what that means is, uh, if you're interested, watch your email because over the next uh, couple of days, going into next week, uh, I will be putting out information on Module 2, right? Our realm of the strategist and tactician, okay? So it's the water realm for those of you who understand what I mean by the Godai stuff. So we're going to be doing a lot with uh, long-range uh, tactical stuff. Um, and I don't mean like guns and things like that. I just mean long range defensive things, but also you're going to be introduced to this concept where, uh, in, in the modules from two through five leading into the black belt stuff, module one is kind of, it's, it's a basic self defense primer from the ninja's perspective, but it's also a sample of things to come in future modules. So in each of the coming modules, Everybody gets three Kamai in addition to what was in Module 1. So if you went through that, you'll, you'll just keep adding, right? One in each module is something we covered in Module 1. And then there are two more. Each of these Kamai come from – there's one each from each of the three primary striking lineages within the Bujinkan. Okay? And you'll be introduced to the idea – of, I'm going to use a quick water analogy, and you'll hear me use this a lot, right? Where the Kamai, let's, in Module 2, they're all long-range defensive Kamai. So they're based on this Ichimonji, Sagan kind of thing, right? So, but we're going to look at them as the holistic things that they are. So there's a physical aspect, there's a mental, strategic, tactical aspect, and there is an emotional, intent-driven aspect. They're holistic. Three bodies, right, all together. And so using a water analogy, one I call a hot kamai. That means it's the aggressive form, as in you cross this line, I'll kill you. One is a cold kamai, so that's your defensive one where it's more of a controlling, I'm trying to, trying to negate this, make it go away, that kind of thing. I'll handle it if it comes at me, but it's it's much longer range. It's it's more uh, defensive and controlling. And then there's one that I call warm water, right? That is a split between the two. As in the leading side of my body might be communicating to him in a way that says, you know, stay back. I I don't I don't want to fight. But the rear part of my body might be communicating 
but I got something for you if you come in here. Okay. So again, this stuff is all based and designed on the way things were passed on and communicated way back in the day before everything got adjusted for people who only wanted one and a half of the three aspects. And that's pushing it. Okay. So, uh, but in, in this module also, uh, that's where we have, uh, Gyakute, so the wrist reversals, uh, which are all based on Takeori. Uh, we've got, um, uh, Yokoruki and specialized footwork like that. Uh, we introduced stealth walking. Oh shit. There's a whole bunch of stuff in there, right? How many different, uh, types of uke nagash? Uh, so the blocking and counter striking and parrying and that kind of stuff. How much do we have in there? Um, yeah, a bunch of different fists and, uh, different kicking uh, methods and whatnot. But again, it's about strategy and tactical application and not just learning more moves and adding more shit. That's all the same. Okay. So uh, module two is about controlling the bubble, controlling his perspective, controlling his ability to get at you, all those kind of things. But this one is from a longer range. Module three does the exact same thing, but from a closer range. Okay. Module two is heavy with rolling and all that. And nobody gives a shit that nobody likes rolling. Okay. Those of you who like rolling, you're strange. Okay. I loved rolling. Okay. That, but that doesn't make me not strange. Okay. What I mean by that is some people will try to skate by that and then try to get into module three where we introduce throws and your rolling is your primary escape method. Right. On the basic level for for throws. So if you haven't practiced your rolls and gotten really, really good in module two, guess what's going to happen in module three? You're either going to get hurt or you're going to have to get really, really, really good at rolling or you're going to fucking quit. Because or you're going to you're going to want what is already a default. No. Right. Uh, well, do I have to do that? No. You don't have to do anything. Well, I highly recommend it. That's why it's in the damn curriculum. Okay? But also, please note that my curriculum wasn't put together by just throwing a whole bunch of toys in a box and going, that's what you need for this rank. Everything builds. Okay. And for those of you on the Mikio side of things, we're walking around the mandala, literally. Okay. And we're fulfilling the lesson from Shiroshi Malmstrom. I don't know what kind of attack I'm going to deal with. I don't know what kind of situation. I don't know where it's going to be. I don't know what I'm going to be up against or anything. So I need as many options, as many skill sets, as many approaches, as many ways of dealing with the emotional modes that may pop up within me, right? Dealing with certain environments, control methods, whatever, um, because that's my responsibility. And as a wise man told me when it came to responsibility, nobody ever said you had to like it. But if you're going to be a warrior and you're going to imagine these things for yourself and you're going to be the person that everybody looks to, right? Then nobody ever said you had to like it. But when the situation pops up, like it or not, you're going to have to deal with it. You can either deal with it with a broad spectrum of skills or you can deal with it with what you have. 
No, Shoshi Malmstrom is not coming. Why? <laughs> Do you know something I don't know? No. Um, so anyway, that's what I have. All right. So uh, since we obviously have a glitch in the system here, replying to Florida Budo. Okay, I don't. I don't know what's going on. So, okay, fair enough. Um, that's it. I'm going to wrap this up. James, uh, anything else? No. He's being the strong, oh. silent type. No. Oh, now you're going to speak. Yeah. What? Nothing. Seriously, you fucking unmuted just to say nothing. You could have said nothing, but never mind. All right. <laughs> See the relationship we have? <laughs> all right. So anyway, um, that's it for this one. Hopefully I'll see you at fall camp. Uh, or not fall camp. Hopefully I'll see you at Daikomio Sai. Uh, and if I don't, well, then, uh, you know, I wish you well. Um, no, if not, I'll hopefully I'll see you next week for uh, Kuden. Get more of Kuden Radio. Subscribe through your favorite podcasting site. Or join our clan of serious modern warriors at OnlineNinjaAcademy.com.